Hello and welcome to When Worldviews Collide, a radio series hosted and run by Pastor Barbara Holmes Brackett. I'm her granddaughter Elizabeth and this week I'm going to be kind of guiding this conversation that we're having about part three of history and maybe even a little bit of civics if we have the time. Uh, how are you doing today, Barbara? I'm well. How about you? I'm doing great. And I know that this is a topic that you are especially interested in and that you oh, love yes. talking about. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, We talk about this all the time. So I guess the, the easiest way to segue into this is how was America started? America was started in, in, in the way we know. It was started by some pilgrims that came, landed first on the Cape and then in Plymouth in 1620. They came from Leiden, the Netherlands, and they came here to be able to have religious freedom and to establish some biblical principles and create a culture based on those biblical principles. And were they not uh, able to do that from before, from where they came? So in England, they actually were from England originally, and they had the Bible that is referred to as the Geneva Bible. It was published in 1599. It was the first Bible actually translated into English, and it was also the first study Bible. That, therein lies the problem, because the all of the notes, not all of the notes, but but the notes were very heavily toward how would one establish the kingdom of God on earth? What would have to take place? What principles would be used to establish the kingdom on earth? That's what the notes were about. King James I was not a happy camper about that. <laughs> he said he was king, and that settled that. Mm -hmm. There was no one else that was going to be king. So much so, in 1609, in in Scotland, I believe, there was a young seminarian who was 19 years old. And he said out loud, I wonder if Jesus Christ really is God. In that time, to commit a sin was punishable by the king not to go through what we see in the Bible as how to deal with a problem in the church. Unfortunately, that young man was killed. He was hung for having uttered what many people have thought at the age 19, going through, I was once a child and now I am an adult, and were my childhood beliefs, are they valid? problem he said it out loud Mm -hmm. problem the king didn't like it because it was a sin against the church and he said you can't do this and we are going to kill you right and so then that obviously led to an uprising of people who were like hey maybe we should have the right to question and then to practice however we feel the um, King James had established that the Anglican Church was the church if you didn't belong to the Anglican Church there was something that wrong with you that had to be dealt with absolutely had to be dealt with so what happened is that as they would meet in England they would they would the, the king's men would come and arrest those who were leading the different services and
And those services were led by Elder Brewster, mostly, who was one of the people that came over on the Mayflower that landed in Plymouth in 1620. So they had to escape. Their first attempt at escape, however, did not get them very far. Uh, they lost all of their possessions that were they were taking because they intercepted them trying to leave. And they were brought back to England and uh, lost everything. However, that did not stop them. They again escaped and went to Leiden in the, in the Netherlands to have the freedom to worship and to establish what they saw in the Bible as their duty. Hmm. And then, um, kind of fast forwarding a little bit, we arrive in America and we are here for like a hundred, how long would you say that was? Like a hundred or so years before we declared independence? Well, they arrived in 1620. Mm-hmm. And it was 1776? 1776 is when we declared independence from England. Right. There was a lot that happened during that period of time. Right. A lot of... I'd love to tell you about it, actually. A lot of arguments about stamps, from what I remember from history class. Stamps <laughs> oh, and sugar. Stamp yeah, the oh, Stamp Act and sugar. Um, and then, obviously, that ruffled some feathers, and then we end up, obviously, fighting Revolutionary War. We come out on top. Uh, miraculously, oh my gosh. Um, We're going to talk more about that because so miraculously. Right. But coming back to what happened with them coming on the Mayflower is they, when they came here, their their purpose was to establish the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. The only thing is it had never been done before Mm. except in the Bible. Mm. The Republic of Israel in the Bible was actually one that they knew from the notes and from reading the scriptures themselves, they knew that was the paradigm that God wanted. Mm -hmm. And so they knew they had to write something down in order to make sure that this started. So they wrote the Mayflower Compact before they actually set foot Mm -hmm. in America. And then that kind of served as the blueprint for what eventually would become our constitution and what would eventually become like our current legislation. It it, it was yeah, it was kind of a founding document that there has to be a government mm-hmm. uh, because if there isn't, there's anarchy. So it it became it became a, a bedrock kind of document, but there was a lot more to do. Right. So then I guess that's kind of a perfect segue where they saw that they had a blueprint um, in the Bible with Israel and that a republic seemed to be the most closely aligned with what God had intended for the kingdom of God. So then how did we arrive at the federal government we know today in America with the executive, the legislative, and the judicial? That's from the Bible as well. So Mm -hmm. it, it actually happened through that process. Um, the Bible tells us that God is our our king, our lawgiver, and our judge. And that's exactly how we got the three branches of government. Mm. Don't forget, man is not God. If we had God right here doing all this, we don't have to worry about him being uh, biased toward anyone or who or wanting more power than was appropriate. He's perfect, and so he would establish the perfect government. 
Mankind, however, is not that way. So there has there has to be restrictions, and so these three branches formed segregated the duties. Hmm. But actually, it's very interesting. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, each each have a specific job to do, and they that's where we get separation of duties from. We we have this example when when Jesus said, it's better for you that I go to the Father because he will send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Mm. I'm sure the disciples didn't want to hear that. They wanted him to stay right where he was and be with him. Mm. Right, and so we kind of see that division. I guess you could call it division of labor. <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah. Right, and then each one serves a different function um, that kind of keeps the others in check and then also serves a different duty to the people. And then that's kind of how we establish what we have and recognized today. And um, I guess a follow-up question to that would be who started or who initiated that process? Who's like in- responsible for setting up those governments? In the late 1600s, there was a pastor in Ipswich, Mass. That His name was John Wise. And he was the person who did a lot towards establishing what would become our government. He was a Harvard graduate, from what he I was. understand. He was. Yeah. Well, people don't realize that Harvard was a seminary. Mm. That's what it was established to be. So it was not. It was not unusual for someone who was in the ministry to be a graduate of Harvard. That's kind mm. of where they came from. Mm. And many of the Ivy League schools, that's that's how they started as seminaries. Mm. I also heard that he was a wrestler too, so I don't know maybe how well they were at that. But uh. oh, I love I love the story about that. It, it, he was at age sixty. This young man came and and he said, "Why don't you come and wrestle me?" And and uh, and John Wise kind of <laughs> kind of acted as though he was creaking and 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 all stiff and all of that, and came down and he. And he's well. I'm I'm older, but I will I will do this. They just and made him. very very short work <laughs> of getting him subdued. So you don't have to just be good at one thing. You can mm-hmm. be good at more than one thing. And so, from what I understand, um, he had four major truths that he uh, kind of put together that he he um, championed, and that actually ended up becoming some of the most basic principles of our Declaration of Independence and afterwards our Constitution. Um, for example, inalienable rights. Which can you expound on that, and maybe the other three too, if you. If you're willing. He put this into a book, actually. It's A Vindication of the Government of the Churches in the New World. This this document was sermons that he preached over the course of time. Very often in in the New World, Thursday's meeting would be a two-hour meeting in which the pastors would preach about how do we how do we establish the society and by the way that's why they left leiden they had perfect freedom to worship however they wanted but there was already a culture there mm. they needed somewhere where there was no culture that they could establish what they believed the principles were so the pastors would look at the word of god and and to find out where where are the scriptures that would tell us how to create a society 
that would be the kingdom of God on the earth. Mm -hmm. And so he came up with four that he realized were very prominent truths, which ended up in our Declaration of Independence. Number one was that God created nature with laws to abide by that everyone can observe. This is known as natural law. You can see that. Uh, all individuals were created in God's likeness and therefore have equal worth. Hugely important. Everybody has worth. Three, that life, liberty, and property are rights that are protected but not provided by government. Number four, God has ultimate sovereign authority. All authority man has was gifted to him by God. And so that is how we arrive at the end of our American history uh, segment. And we're going to be delving more into politics and government next week. Uh, so tune in at the same time, same place. This has been Pastor Barbara Holmes Bracket. Bye now. <laughs>